Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Magic and the Moon podcast. As always, I'm your host, David. And this week, I want to address a topic that I see a lot. Um, It's one of the fairly common questions I get on social media from listeners of Magic and the Moon and just even in my personal life as well. And basically, it's some version of how can I worship or work with different deities that are not from the same pantheon? Um, is that possible? Can it be done respectfully, etc.? So we are going to talk about that. Um, first and foremost, um, there is a lot of misinformation that's floating around in online witchy spaces in general, but particularly social media like Instagram and TikTok. And one of the things that I hear said a lot that I do not agree with at all is that deity work is like unsuitable for beginners or it's too dangerous or too advanced for beginners. So before we dive into kind of like the full topic, I do just want to say that like that is not true at all, in my opinion. Um, Deity work is sometimes presented on social media as being like this really complicated intricate advanced thing and i'm not saying that there's not depth to it and that there's not layers of complexity that you will run across like with anything else but these are gods that you can worship and have relationships with would anyone ever tell a christian that praying in church was too advanced for them no they would just tell you to do it um and i'm not saying that we should aspire to christianity necessarily but i think in our effort to sound important or to maybe give the impression that we know more than we do, there has become a trend on like the pagan internet where I work with deities because I'm advanced and you can't because you're not. And I think that's gatekeeping. I think it's elitist. And I also, I think it is just incorrect. So you can totally work with deities as a beginner. You can work with deities at any stage in your practice, and you cannot work with deities at all. That's totally fine. There are many witches that do not have relationships with deities, and they feel no need to, and that's fine too. So now that that's out of the way, let's talk about worshiping deities from different pantheons and all of that stuff. So um, like so much else that we see within paganism and kind of within polytheistic movements, whether they're eclectic or reconstructed or whatever what have you basically there's not one just hard and fast rule that applies to every situation or to every practitioner or to every god or goddess right um there's only the experiences of people that are doing this now and of course we have historical sources to rely on in some instances as well the very very short answer is yes you can worship um and or work with gods from different pantheons different parts of the world different cultures um from different time periods etc now that is not to say that cultural appropriateness should not be considered because it absolutely should be but in just a very general and short answer yes you can worship deities from multiple pantheons it's going to require mindfulness and respect and research and probably a lot of work but it can definitely be done Um, And I'm not going to elaborate a whole lot on my personal practice because I've already discussed that at length in different episodes. But if you do listen to the episodes where I describe my own personal practice, um, particularly in the episode titled Cheating on the Gods, uh, I do worship many deities from different practices. There are 
um, deities that are from the Norse pantheons, um, from Mexican folklore, the Greco-Roman pantheon, the Egyptian pantheon, the Hindu pantheon, um, Celtic things. Like I have kind of a lot going on. So this is something that is also from my personal experience as well. So first of all, I think the gods have agency. I think they are autonomous beings unto themselves. Um, bearing in mind that I am a theist, I see the gods as literally existing. So I believe that the gods call who they want to call. Um, the gods have personhood and they have autonomy to themselves. They are sovereign. So they can have relationships with people um, and are free to call whoever they would like to call into a relationship with them today. Yes, of course, there are certain groups and cultures that they had relationships with historically. And I think that that's still the case in some instances. Um, for example, the different African diasporic religions like Candomblé, Santaria, they obviously have kind of existed within certain cultures in an unbroken chain, um, much in the same way that the Hindu deities have. Hinduism has existed uh, with very little change for many, many thousands of years. So obviously those, those deities are still very affiliated with specific cultures, um, but they're gods. They can do whatever they want. And the experience of many people says that that is very much what they do, that they will call people into their service or into a relationship with them, regardless of cultural associations. So there is this idea that some people claim that gods only call people with particular bloodlines. Um, and I think in some situations, people that say that might mean well, but maybe are just ignorant of things. And um, maybe they need to do a little bit more research. But I think that some people that say that are actually racist and they're trying to exclude people from spiritual practice. Um, and the thing is, you can try to gatekeep people away from the gods, but you cannot control what the gods do or how they behave or how they call people. So if a god wants to call someone into their service or into a relationship with them, they're just going to do it anyway. So they might reach out to someone who already has relationships with deities from other pantheons. And apparently that's pretty common. Like I've seen that in my own life. I've seen that um, as being very common among other pagans and witches and polytheists I know in real life. And also I see this question asked a lot in online spaces. Well, clearly this is something that happens often um, that a deity would call someone who is not from their cultural background that they're associated with, that they would call someone who already has relationships to other gods from different areas. Clearly this happens a lot. Um, I'm not going to really speculate as to why that happens because I, I'm not going to claim to know uh, the motivations of the gods and why they do things certain ways. But um, I think one really common way, um, and John Beckett says this in his Pathios article on the same topic, he says, he suspects it has something to do with if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Show that you're capable of doing what one deity wants done and other gods will probably take notice of that. So we don't know that for sure. And not very often do the gods explain themselves, but um, it's definitely possible. And I think the question that we can get kind of stuck on in conversations like this is like, how does this work? How is this possible? And I think the question that we should be asking is, how can I do this in an effective way? How can I do this in a way that is respectful? And how can I do this well?
So I think the simplest way to go about having relationships with multiple DEDs that are from different pantheons is to treat them how they want to be treated. Um, don't assume that because Demeter likes certain kinds of offerings that um, Freya will like the same things. Or because you have um, a prayerful devotion to Santa Muerte that you can approach Zeus the same way, um, hypothetically. That's not true. They ha- they are, again, the gods are autonomous. They are um, independent. They exist in their own way. So we cannot make blanket statements and assume that they can all be treated the same way. Can they? Should they all be treated respectfully and with honor? Yes, of course. But that does not mean their interactions with us or the way that we bring things to them should be the exact same. Um, that might mean setting up separate shrines and altars. Um, I don't necessarily think that every deity or entity or being should share an altar space with anyone else all the time. Um, it might mean worshiping some gods on one day and other gods on a different day. And it, again, your devotional practice, as far as specific prayers, petitions, offerings, that's probably going to vary a lot. And this is where research comes in. This is where we have to figure out how was this deity worshipped historically by the culture that it's associated with? And how is it worshipped in the modern day? And you need to look at the specifics and the particulars of that to see what that might look like. Um, I do not think the gods are jealous. I don't think that a deity will be upset with you for paying attention to another deity. But um, I do think that they need what they ask from you. So if you make a commitment or a promise to one deity, that does not mean you get to ignore um, what another deity has asked you for. You need to give them both what they're wanting out of the relationship. We also need to respect the boundaries of the religions and the cultures that these deities originated from. That doesn't mean that we can just mix and match pantheons whichever way we like. Um, the gods do call who they want to call, and that refers to the autonomy of the gods, not to the autonomy of us. And yes, of course, we have autonomy that goes without saying. But when we say the gods call who they will, that means their autonomy. That does not mean we get to pick and choose deities and practices without respect of culture of origin or practice at all. The gods are individuals. They are persons. And religions, uh, in a very generic way are essentially a set of protocols for interacting with those persons. So just because you have access to one does not necessarily grant you access to the other, right? Um, for example, I am a member of an oath-bound mystery tradition. I'm a member of a traditional um, strain of witchcraft and Wicca. It is very explicit and intentionally um a tradition that honors two very specific deities, the horned god of death and resurrection and the great mother, the lady of the moon. And while we are free to worship any other deities that we would like to, the traditions and the rituals and the prayers that we have around the deities of our tradition cannot be applied to whichever other deity that I want. Um, and likewise, while yes, I'm free to worship and pursue relationships with any other deities that I would like to, I need to approach them on their own terms with their own traditions. I cannot take um, the rituals and the methods of worship 
for the deities of my tradition and then apply them to, let's say, Isis, who has nothing to do with this lineage of witchcraft that I work in. Um, I do have a devotion to Isis and a relationship with her, but it is completely separate from the tradition of Wicca that I practice. On my own time, I'm free to do what seems right to me, just as we all are. And while Isis and the gods of my tradition do share um, an altar space, I do not worship them together at the same time. Um, the only time that really happens is if it's like my morning offerings that I make when I'm kind of giving offerings and prayer to all of my gods as a whole. But as far as specifically honoring deities, I'm not going to call Isis into a Wiccan circle, for example. So the same thing is true for other religions, other cultures, especially indigenous cultures. Um, so worshiping a deity does not make you a part of a human culture. So if you want to be a part of the culture, you need to do things their own way. And that's assuming that you are allowed to participate at all. Um, and that's kind of where the conversation about closed practices comes in. So a big important thing here when we talk about relationships with deities, especially um, in a cross-cultural way, we need to listen. Um, and that's true with anything in life, right? It's true um, in our relationships with our gods. It's true if we have um, a significant other or a spouse. It's true with family members, with friends, with children. We have to listen. Um, if we don't listen, especially if we don't listen a lot more than we speak, we're going to have problems. And this is just as true in our spiritual lives as in any other part of our lives. Listen for what they're talking about. This can include meditation, just kind of silently listening to what maybe the gods are telling you. This can include a reading, their history of how they were worshipped in the past, and accounts of, of course, how they're worshipped in the modern day. What does the mythology say about these gods? What do um, contemporary worshippers say about them? This includes divination. Um, whatever divination method that you think is appropriate, listen in your encounters with them to see what they're telling you about how they'd like to be approached, what they would like to be offered. Regular spiritual practice is the foundation of any good religion, um, including, of course, the various flavors of paganism and polytheism. But through our spiritual practices, we need to fulfill the obligations that we have to our gods. And as we continue to do that in a consistent way, we will naturally learn more about what they want, how they desire to be worshipped. Um, and think of it this way, take it out of kind of the woo-woo spiritual context think of it the same way with a human person like i can't just yell into the void and expect to know how to treat my boyfriend well but the more i spend time with him and i learn about his likes and dislikes and i learn how he likes to be loved i learn how he likes to feel appreciated i learn what he enjoys to be given his gifts what food he likes to eat etc so it's the same way with the gods the more time that we spend with them the more intentional we are about learning about them it will naturally come about that we know how to approach them more and we know them in a closer more intimate way another big thing to consider is to not um bite off more than you can chew so to speak you need to listen and be respectful and give the gods what they ask for um, and that is pretty much like the summed up simple version of having relationships with multiple deities, regardless of whether or not they're from the same pantheon. But don't make promises that you can't keep. Don't commit to more than you can reasonably follow through with. 
um, for example, my relationship with Isis, we'll say, since I mentioned her earlier, I honor her on her holy days. I give her prayers, give her offerings. She's very present in my life. Um, but her relationship is not the relationship I have with Odin, who only comes to me very occasionally. Um, and of course, I still give him offerings, interact with him, but it's not the same level of like closeness. And it's okay to have different relationships with different deities. You don't have to be on the same level. And it's the same way with like human friendships. Like you might have a friend that you don't see very often, but when you do, you enjoy each other's company and you get a fulfillment out of that. But you might have another friend that you talk to every day. And if you called them at three in the morning and needed help, they would show up. Both of those people are your friends, but there's a difference in the level of closeness. There's a difference in the level of investment and in um, reliability. And it's the same way. You know, the deities that I've had relationships with for years and years and years are not going to be on the same level as ones that I started interacting with only, you know, a few months ago. So a lot of what we can attribute to mundane human relationships do apply to divine relationships as well, even if it's not in the exact same way. So we don't have to, in terms of commitment, we don't have to commit to things that we can't commit to. Um, and this is where boundaries comes in. This is where negotiations kind of come in. So it's okay to turn down gods to ask for something. If they want something that you cannot reasonably um, accommodate or if you feel like it would put like an undue strain on your ability to maintain the commitments you already have with other gods you can say no um and that's okay i'm not going to really go super deep into saying no to gods because i have a whole episode on that but um it's okay and we have to consider that polytheism uh now like pagan polytheism in particular is not the same as it was in antiquity, even among like reconstructionist traditions that are recreating um, the worship as closely as they can to what happened in antiquity, that is going to be based, yes, on the historical sources that we have, and even in the situations where there's a lot of historical source, like uh, Greek or Hellenic, rather, polytheism, where there's a lot of sources, it's still not being practiced in the modern day exactly to the letter as it was in ancient Greece. We are still practicing in a way that is based on interpretations in a modern sense through a modern lens of the ancient material. Um, because in ancient times, people grew up knowing who their gods were. They knew the gods of their family, of their city, of their land. And if they moved, they might carry the worship of those gods with them, or they might adopt the worship of the gods of the new place, or they might do both. So this is normal. Um, so for those that may be have heard negative things about mixing different deities from different pantheons. This is absolutely precedented historically. We have examples um, of Roman citizens worshiping gods from Greece, Rome, Egypt, um, modern day England and France. So cultures did not exist in vacuums, did not exist independently of each other. Um, it's there is very much a historical precedent for honoring multiple deities from multiple places. So even though we do live in a different era, um, because very few of us are born into relationships with deities, 
Um, very few gods now have multi-generational relationships with people. So we're trying to build these relationships and these communities between gods and humans. And that's not going to be a super neat, easily defined cookie cutter process. The gods will call who they will call. Um, sometimes the gods from different pantheons will call the same person. And yes, that does make things more complicated. But that's not to say that it can't be beautiful and wonderful and rewarding for everyone that is involved. So listen, be respectful, don't commit to things that you can't commit to. But when you do commit, give the gods what they ask for, do what you promise that you will do. And that I think is the most important part um, of maintaining healthy relationships and, and mutually beneficial relationships between yourself and deities from different pantheons. So I hope this cleared up um, how you can begin to have relationships and to work with or worship deities from different pantheons. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I will include um, the article I referenced from John Beckett at Pathios Pagan in the episode description, and I will see you all next time.